This is the Wrestling Brethren Podcast, a show where professional wrestling and sports entertainment is discussed on a weekly basis. There are big event predictions and talk of what is liked and what is loathed. A show that does not cater to any one promotion, but rather welcomes all enjoyable content. With that in mind, here are Seth Zillman, Jared Aubrey, and Josh Wiener, also known as Xandrax Prime, and your host, Southpaw Josh. Welcome into episode 316. No, not Austin 316. There are much bigger fish to fry in the wrestling world this week. <laughs> With me tonight is Jared Aubrey. Seth is running a little late. He should be joining us momentarily. That's the hope anyway. But until then, we're going to get this show on the road. Jarrett, I know we just discussed this, but how the hell are you? Well, I, Josh, I think I'm about to be flabbergasted because you've, you've informed me there's some some big news items going on. I happened to click around and, and got shocked by a couple of things, and I know you have more, so uh, why don't we get at it, and uh, maybe you can blow my socks off. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, we, we had, you know, for 2023, I wanted to plan episodes. I wanted to be prepared, and <laughs> as I mentioned in our group chat, uh, you know, we thought 2022 was crazy for the wrestling world and wrestling news. And we just did our year-end awards a couple of episodes ago. And we said there were 12 or 13 headlines you could have chose for news of the year or even mm -hmm. surprise of the year. And essentially, within the first 12 days of 2023, 2023 has said, hold my beer. <laughs> And so, sounds like we're just getting started, too. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, we were going to talk about the women's divisions in AEW and WWE tonight, but I've had to push that off. That will be covered in February um, because I had other episodes lined up. I don't want to just keep pushing other things back because there are time-sensitive episodes based on other things that are going on in the wrestling world, such as pay-per-views and premium live events. So we're just going to talk wrestling news tonight. We're going to leave the WWE stuff for the quote-unquote main event news item. And I wanted to touch on a couple of other things briefly, and we'll get some commentary on that. And then, man, the last seven days, essentially since we signed off last week, or even before we started last week's episode. But so last night, January 11th, AEW Dynamite from Los Angeles happened. It's come and gone, and Mercedes Monet did not appear. They already revealed the mystery partner last week. It was Tony Storm. We had said, oh, you know, her car, Sheeta, could turn heel and beat down Tony Storm, and then Soraya would need a replacement, and then that's where Mercedes would come out. None of that happened, except they are planting the seeds for the Sheeta heel turn. So at least we were right about that. 
However, Adam Cole, baby, did return last night, cut a passionate promo in the ring, and appears to be set on a babyface run now, which makes sense as we have a heel champion. So, Mercedes, no. Adam Cole, baby, yes. So, obviously, he's better and got cleared because I thought... I mean, the last bit I heard about him was he had a severe injury and may not even wrestle again. So, I mean, this is good news. Yeah, he did touch on that in his promo that um, he couldn't be in the car for very long without vomiting. Uh, He couldn't get out of bed at some days. He would wake up in the middle of the night with his heart racing out of his chest and Britt was you know concerned and no neither one of them knew what was going on but uh he said he had some bad news and the bad news was not for him but for everybody else in the locker room because adam cole is back baby and so he must have gotten cleared uh which is good uh he's one of the things that's been missing in aew not you know, his injury happened a few months before the all-out fallout or brawl out, if you will. But his his injury combined with uh, Kyle O'Reilly's injury and then Bobby Fish getting released and then everything that happened with all-out, just a lot of things were just not as they were in the beginning quarter of last year in AEW. So to get one of those things back, I think was... Uh, a big plus for AEW. Well, especially somebody like him. Like I, I don't know that I'm his biggest fan, but I mean, I respect that the, the guy can talk, and he's had some amazing classic matches with, um, you know, it was like Johnny Gargano was a great match. Um, you know, he, he he can go in the ring, right? And that's you know, you miss talent like that because you know he's going to perform. So yeah, no, good to have him back, and especially when it's from. Um, uh, a health situation or an injury where you know it's questionable that, that they're ever going to come back. So it's good to see that he's made a recovery. And I think we're at a point where I don't know that I can handle anybody else being forced to retire <laughs> way too young due to health yeah. concerns. But speaking of taking some time, FTR will be taking a few months off from wrestling. Dax now has a podcast and he made this statement on his podcast that uh, he and Cash have asked Tony for the time off. It has been granted. Uh, They've dropped all the straps that they had. He said it's possible that this lasts until their contracts are up, which is reportedly in April. Their wrestling future is in doubt. Uh, Dax said he is at the tail end of his career at age 38. And if you recall, I made him my breakout star male in our year end awards. Cause he just had a <laughs> hell of a year and I named FTR my tag team of the year. So they had a hell of a 2022 well-earned, well-deserved time off. Uh, and you know, we'll have to see in the spring what happens, what they decide to do. They were talking of, you know, there was reports of them taking time off for a year, only working indie shows for a year, or just taking the time to decide where they want their careers to wind up. And that 
that part of it at least might be where we're at here. Makes sense. You know, when over the past few weeks when we've been talking about, oh, they're dropping all the titles. You know, they weren't really getting shots at, at the AEW tag team titles. So now that we hear this, okay, that makes a lot of sense. If that's true and, and their careers are over um, or are heading in that way, at least, then then that's sad because they they were, they are one of the teams that, that I really enjoy watching. I love the the focus on old school, their, their proper old school heels. They get carried some fantastic matches against some great teams. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them at least have a run with the AEW tag team titles. I don't care if they come back to WWE and have another run. That's uh, that's whatever. Let's give them the AEW tag team titles. Maybe they come back for a shortened contract, um, give them a run, and then let them have that before they go. But, yeah, no, really enjoy watching these guys. They are one-time AEW tag team champions, but it was not memorable because it was during the pandemic, the yeah. no fans era. And they should have been given the titles when they held all the other titles that they, they were at their hottest. That was when you were supposed to do it uh, and make them have, you know, be four different sets of champions. But, you know, it, it is what it is. It didn't happen. The acclaimed got white hot and nobody expected that. Um, so we will have to see best of luck to Dax and cash. They, they put it all on the line out there and wrestled their asses off. So good on them for getting their time off and rest and, you know, come the spring, we'll see. Okay, the last news item before we get to uh, the main event, so to speak. Impact Wrestling, this Friday, tomorrow as we're recording this, Friday the 13th, they're having their hard-to-kill pay-per-view. Among all the other matches that they have, including Bully Ray challenging Josh Alexander for the Impact World Heavyweight title, Bully Ray looking to become a three-time, three-time, three-time World Heavyweight Champion with Impact. But there is a title versus career match where Jordan Grace defends the impact knockouts championship against Mickey James, who, if you're not watching impact wrestling, this is her last rodeo tour. So to speak, she said she will keep wrestling until she loses her next match. And she's worked herself up to a title match. So if she wins, she is the knockouts champion for the fifth time. If she loses, she is retiring. So I thought we would take a little bit of what we do to Roman, and I thought we would acknowledge Mickey. And I'm just going to run down a bit of her accolades here. She started in 1999 as a valet known as Alexis Lurie. She started having matches as a wrestler in 2002. So her wrestling career has spanned 20 plus years. She's wrestled for Shimmer, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling slash TNA, WWE, and the indie scene. She debuted for WWE in 2005. She is a five-time WWE Women's Champion, a one-time Divas Champion, and a four-time TNA Knockout Champion. 
She was Pro Wrestling Illustrated's number one female in 2009, number three in 2011, and number two in 2013. She had a recent interview where she was asked if you were inducted to either TNA or WWE's Hall of Fame, who would you like to induct you? She said that if she's inducted to the TNA Hall of Fame, she would like Lisa Marie, a.k.a. Tara in Impact, Victoria in WWE, to induct her and mentioned if she is to be inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame, she would like Trish Stratus to do it since it was that feud that kickstarted her career in WWE. So thoughts, Jared, on Mickey James. Should this be the end tomorrow night? Well, that that's a hell of a run, isn't it? That that's a <laughs> that's a lot of titles, a lot of accolades, and and that's the first thing that popped into my head was was Trish Stratus. <clears throat> and that that whole angle was awesome and it was different and it really let her come out and you know portray the you know the the crazy stalker and, and really show us that side you know something really really hadn't seen before i remember being super entertained by that angle and yeah um i actually met her at a house show in in north dakota she was super nice so that was uh that was great and yeah i mean like i said one one hell of a run highly decorated and um she's had a, a nice long career like it's not getting cut short she's going out on her terms and uh what else can what else can you ask for I don't think there's many women who can say they had a 20 plus year career in the world of wrestling. So kudos to her. If she wins tomorrow, it'll be interesting to see how long of a run for the fifth reign that she has. And if she loses, she said she would probably take a break, but she sees herself returning in a backstage role she didn't clarify where uh she's not really interested in being a producer but maybe something some kind of role that helps the younger women uh because she's she is interested in that so we will have to see that would be a fantastic role for her as some kind of a coach trainer perhaps yeah um yep for sure yeah so good luck to her tomorrow Again, tomorrow night, Friday the 13th, as we record. Uh, By the time this show is published, it will have already taken place, unless I get some kind of weird break where I'm able to publish this before the pay-per-view. But (laughs) we we will see. All right. Um, Seth is still having problems, I believe. So we will get into the crazy crazy wwe whirlwind that has been the last seven days or so i've tried to compile all the news as much as i've been able to i've tried to keep it in chronological order if something is not in the right order and you're listening to this episode do not crucify me i did the best i could This news changes almost on the hour. It is a very fluid situation. And hell, something could have been posted as I speak right now. And I'm not checking anymore because we had to get this episode off the ground and going. So, Jesus, Josh, what do I pay you for? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not going to be in crunk. Come on, man. Uh, if only. <laughs> All right. So one week ago, we had recorded episode 315. And there were at that point rumors or a report that Vince McMahon was trying to force his way back into WWE. And nothing became official until the next day when Vince McMahon sent out his own press release announcing his return to WWE. And he essentially did force his way back in, but he was able to do it because he's the controlling percentage owner and he controls the votes and he brought back two people to the board who are basically in his back pocket and two other people resigned from the board at the same time to give up their seats. And those two people were two of the people who were in charge of the investigation into his uh, improper actions that came to light last year. So, it was then stated that it was supposed that his return was for corporate reasons only. And Vince was back to help facilitate a sale of WWE at some point between Friday and Monday, it was reported that WWE had hired JP Morgan to help sale conversations. It was later revealed that J.P. Morgan was hired due to their links to Saudi Arabia, which we will get to in a moment. They are the only U.S.-based financial institution, J.P. Morgan, that is, with two operating licenses in Saudi Arabia. On Tuesday, January 10th, Vince McMahon is unanimously voted by the board of directors of WWE to be reinstated as executive chairman of the board. Shortly after this news, it's reported that Stephanie McMahon submits her resignation from WWE, which means she stepped down as chairwoman and co-CEO. Nick Khan was named the sole CEO of WWE. There was a report of Stephanie resigning prior to the unanimous vote, which means that she would have vacated her board chair and she did not vote. Wednesday morning came along, January 11th, and this is not really news in this, in the way I'm going to explain it. This is what happened to me yesterday morning. I check Twitter daily, almost hourly, almost all the time when I can. But when I wake up in the morning, I check Twitter and I check it for primarily baseball stuff. Did anybody sign overnight? Were there any trades? It's for baseball. But when you look at Twitter off to the side, there's the list of trending topics. And yesterday morning around 6.30 a.m., I see trending topics of RIP WWE and WWE sold. I'm like, oh, Christ, what the... <laughs> So I click these trending topics and there was a report overnight, Tuesday into Wednesday, that WWE was sold 
to the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund. Now, I couldn't really do anything except sigh and groan, and I had to get dressed and get the kids ready for school and get to work myself. But within one to two hours, the Saudi Arabia story was refuted by numerous sources saying that it, you know, you know, it wasn't official, it wasn't confirmed, it wasn't finalized. But as the story goes, and especially in professional wrestling, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. So we don't know. We're not, you know, privy to all these negotiations and conversations. But let me keep going on with the timeline. Then there was a report. It was either, I think it was today that I saw it, that Nick Khan met with Disney's CEO and the president of ESPN, which Disney owns ESPN. But he met with them on Monday, January 9th, during the national championship game for college football. And that was reported by Dave Meltzer. In Dave Meltzer's report, he reported on the interested, quote-unquote, players involved in the sale or acquisition of WWE, listing Comcast and NBC Universal, which Comcast owns NBC Universal, but NBC Universal is the offshoot that that's where Peacock is, so they're already in with WWE in some regards. Fox is interested. Obviously, they have SmackDown TV rights currently. The aforementioned Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, Disney slash ESPN, and Endeavor, which is the parent company to the UFC. So those are the reported players that are interested right now. Let me jump in for a quick second, Josh. Um, in I, I saw a report that named actually well, earlier tonight while we're pre-show read an article that said mentioned all those players plus netflix okay netflix is new i read one that i was going to add in a little bit later but we can discuss it now because it's all about the people interested apple and amazon which you know at first glance would seem odd but obviously netflix apple and amazon all have streaming services or are a streaming service in the case of netflix so all those make sense as well uh it's just insane the the people that are coming out of the you know the companies and the people that are coming out of the woodwork that are interested uh, the Wrestling Observer also reported that there was smoke to the Saudi rumors from Tuesday night, but it was way too early for a deal to be finalized. It's believed that selling to the Saudis is the only option if WWE wants to take the company back to being private. Uh, my editorial comment is it's also likely the only option to keep Vince McMahon around in any capacity post-sale would be the Saudi option. Uh, we will circle back to that Saudi option as I will have a question or two about that. But then earlier tonight, as I'm trying to 
coordinate my notes, more news comes out and, uh, you know, apparently nobody wants me to keep up with my notes because I have to feverishly <laughs> get them into sequential order. And so WWE themselves today announced that it has retained the Rain Group LLC as a financial advisor, Kirkland and Ellis LLP as a legal advisor, and August LLC as strategic communications advisor to support WWE's management team and its board of directors in connection with a review of strategic alternatives to maximize value for all WWE stockholders and other stakeholders, the press release stated. WWE Chairman Vince McMahon commented in the press release and said, WWE's upcoming media rights cycle will take place amid a rapidly evolving media and entertainment landscape, and we believe exploring our strategic alternatives at this critical juncture will enable WWE to fully capitalize on the significant value of our intellectual property. I am highly confident that our outstanding directors, outside advisors, and executive team will provide valuable expertise and counsel to help guide the company through this important process, while our management team and employee base continue to deliver results and content our fans love. WWE added in the press release, there can be no assurances given regarding the outcome or timing of the strategic alternatives review process. WWE does not intend to comment further until the process has concluded or the company has otherwise determined that further disclosure is appropriate or required. So what that means is we're going to get a continued stream of rumors and everything will be unsubstantiated until something is finalized. And then there was another report. <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> right? So a website, a news website I've never heard of called Axios, that's A-X-I-O-S dot com, recently wrote a piece on the recent WWE shakeups and noted that Triple H and Stephanie McMahon were opposed to a sale. Sources told Axios that Stephanie and her husband, Paul Levesque, the company's chief content officer and a retired professional wrestler, had opposed the sale. On a related note, the report mentioned how potential buyers for WWE include, as we had stated already, Comcast, Disney, Amazon, and even Apple, which is in line with the earlier report from the Wrestling Observer. Now, it's interesting whether, you know, true or not, that if neither one of them wanted to sell, it's because they thought they were probably inheriting the company and Stephanie resigned. So in my last news item related to this, a WWE shareholder by the name of Scott Fellows, and I don't know anything about this man other than it's a publicly traded company, so anybody can be a shareholder. You can have one share and be a shareholder. So I don't know. This guy could be just some Joe Schmo. But WWE shareholder Scott Fellows has filed a class action lawsuit against Vince McMahon. 
It was filed in Delaware's Chancery Court on Tuesday evening, January 10th, claiming breach of fiduciary duty and is looking for invalidation of the company bylaw changes that Vince made last week following his return to the board of directors, in addition to related fees and costs. He accused McMahon of using his 81% voting control to remote the three board members and replace them with his hand-picked people, George Berrios and Michelle Wilson, and of course himself. And pushing through the company bylaw changes, including the changes that give McMahon the final word on any company sale or media rights deal. Filing notes that the potential class size is in the thousands of WWE shareholders, it accuses McMahon of violating Delaware law by taking control over any major WWE corporate decisions and, quote, adding his cronies to the board, unquote. So if that wasn't enough for you to consume, Jarrett, if your head isn't spinning, before I get to my questions, <laughs> what are your thoughts overall? Holy hell. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a lot a lot to take in. Some of this I knew, some of it I didn't. So if you go back to, to where we started last week, when we recorded our episode last week, we did comment that Vince was a majority shareholder and he could essentially do what he wanted to do. And now he's done exactly what he wanted to do. He came back, reinstated himself, brought his cronies and made sure he got the votes. Now the, the interesting portion about him getting reinstated is the bit you mentioned about Stephanie and how the timing of her resignation uh, was, was such that she would have had to vacate her board seat. And, and step down and not vote. Now that could have been simply to maintain family harmony uh, or, or whether she's truly opposed to everything that's going on. I, I agree with you in that triple H and, and Stephanie probably thought that whether WWE was going to essentially going to be a hand me down from Vince or whether they were going to have to buy, buy into the company um, in order to to run it at a later date, um, but I always assumed it was going to be them taking over, and that's why I have a problem with with this whole idea of um, of, of, of a sale. And I'll, I'm going to give you my theory in a minute, but I I think I there, there's two there's two facets to my theory, and, I, and I've explained this before. Number one is WWE. Formerly WWF was been it's a it's a McMahon family thing. This is why Vince must have control. This is his. He took it to where it is today. He's the alpha male. He needs control. It's got to be his. And of course, until he's ready to to let go, I think it's going to need to stay. Or he feels this is me assuming. I, I don't know Vince at all. Never met him. I. I think that type of person, I think Vince feels that WWE would need to stay in the family. Um, Stephanie has proven herself to be a fantastic businesswoman. Um, Triple H is doing amazing things with the TV side of things. You know, we've, we've talked kind of ad nauseum the last several episodes about how that creative ship has been turned around and the product is getting so much better. 
so to have them them to step up and be uh, the overlords of WWE would be be pretty amazing. It stays in the family. Um, like I said, I think before kids would be you know involved, taking care of, et cetera, et cetera. Now the other side of my theory to all of this is there's the the statement about why Vince came back, and that was to investigate the possibility of a sale before the the network or content negotiating rights come up in, in 2024. So they get a year to deal with this, right? So this is not a lot of time in in, in a huge business like this to to get a sale. Like this isn't selling um you know you're not getting the 7-Eleven franchise here, right? This is a multi-billion dollar company with arms into all kinds of media, video games, charitable organizations, you know, how they do all the things with um, with uh, cancer support, Make-A-Wish, all that kind of stuff. They have all these tentacles out there into various things. And the sale would, would just be, super, I mean, it's going to be super complicated to get all, all you know, all the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted. I think the talk of a sale and even the meetings of CEOs and all this stuff is like Fox and, and NBC are, are not going to be the only folks um, involved in the, the TV deal here. This is, I, I think we need to stop thinking about this even being a TV deal when, when the rights come up next year, we heard Amazon is interested, Netflix, Apple, this is it's a it's a new world, and I think maybe perhaps Vince knows that he doesn't need to negotiate just with TV networks, ESPN, etc. He can go get the streaming services involved, and there's a lot more players now that can bid on their services. And I think this whole thing is just a, a, a whole feeler, a whole prepping session, a whole way to drive up like drive up stock prices perhaps amidst of uh, ahead of sorry um the 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 content rates delivery next year and whoever's going to take this whoever's going to win that battle to air wwe programming is going to be paying through the nose and i think that's going to be more valuable than than the sale of the company outright i think this whole thing is just uh um just business in order to get the most out of that content sale or the, the right sale come next year. That's my theory. And I don't, you can, you can laugh at it or not, but that's what I think. Ha <laughs> pal. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's break it down. First of all, you can go back to 2011 CM Punk. It's just going to get taken over by doofus son-in-law and his stupid daughter or not. <laughs> Um, it's, and you're right. It's, it it is no longer a TV rights deal. It's, it's being referred to as a media rights deal because there's so much more than television, as you stated. So there's the library content. There's the Peacock slash WWE network stuff. Like you said, video games and WWE studios and all this stuff. So some of it would be part of the media rights. Some of it would be part of the actual sale. Should that happen? But here's the thing. If they were sold to Saudi Arabia public investment fund, 
there's plenty of videos from wrestling YouTubers who have already stated why this is a bad idea. And I'm not going to go over that in full. I'm just going to hit the highlights. And the highlights are this. You run the risk of alienating a good chunk of your fan base, a good chunk of your roster, as all the women will be in an uncomfortable moral situation. Sami Zayn, who is the hottest act in WWE right now, can't even participate in any Saudi shows, let alone having Saudi own the company. Um, and whether you realize it or not, if you, if this, if that sale were to go through and you're supporting WWE, you are in effect supporting Saudi Arabia. So this would be a PR nightmare And unfortunately, it makes sense for the power-hungry Vince McMahon to be able to stay and they take the company private so he doesn't have to answer to shareholders. But in a sale, if he's not the owner, he would still have to answer to somebody. So there's the, the yin and the yang of this thing. But let me ask you this in regards to the Saudi Arabia thing. If a sale goes through to the investment firm, what is your stance moving forward from that sale? My own personal stance is I don't know enough about the inner workings of American politics and what happened to to keep me away from it. I, I remember when the whole thing with the, with the journalist happened and, and you know, we, we talked about alienating, alienating part of their fan base. Brother Narco was dead set. I refuse to watch anything that happens in Saudi. I'm not supporting. I'm not even going to talk about it. Right. And, and I can imagine, and I said this in, in chat uh, a day or two ago, that that's, they, they run the risk of alienating those people. You, you just kind of repeated it, that there's a huge, fan base there's a huge segment at least of in in my mind the american population that um just for the sheer fact that it's saudi is going to disappear they're not going to be wwe related anymore um like you said pr nightmare i have chosen to think that this is money behind the machine um what was a journalist thing a bad thing yes absolutely it was um, sometimes, un- unfortunately, I forget that it's that it's happened, and I get stuck in the entertainment part of it. And and the the Saudi shows have become a spectacle, and, and I like watching spectacles. Um, and I tend to put everything else, you know, the, the blinders come on, and I just want to watch some good wrestling and, and be entertained. Now, if if WWE was sold to the Saudis, then I would have to expect that. It would just be. It would just continue to be money fed into the machine. Nothing would change. the The current regime, uh, and I mean WWE regime, would would continue to do what they do. Saudis would funnel money in and and reap their share of the profits. I think that would be the kind of deal it would be. 
So uh, did that answer your, your question? It does. Would I continue watching? Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I would. That's, that's yeah. kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. After the show's over, I'm going to send you a TikTok from another wrestling uh, YouTube show that uh, explains it thoroughly, even in a short TikTok video. But I'm not going to get into that here. But basically, he says this investment fund, they're not, they don't exist to make a profit even though they make hordes and hordes of money. What they do is they try to make sound investments and acquisitions that further the promotion or propaganda of the reclamation of Saudi Arabia. So in other words, everything that you see or you have seen in older crown jewels where they were, exaggerated house shows that weren't really in canon and all those goofy pushes for Mansoor and Mustafa Ali and things like that. Basically it was like, you might see Mansoor as world champion a la Jinder Mahal when they were working on the India deal, but that was just for TV. This would be an entire sale of the company. Um, so to me, I would probably lean towards the Norco opinion and I would probably be done. It depends on when, unfortunately, it's, this sounds stupid to say, but I would stay until the end of the bloodline storyline because I'm way too invested in that to just be like, well, oh well. <laughs> yeah. but again, with a sale, if even if they agreed in principle today, it would still take three to six months before anything could be transitioned or finalized. And there's a whole yeah. bunch of paperwork and all that stuff. So I'm sure it would get us through WrestleMania at least. Um, I'm hoping like I would really almost rather they get sold to anybody, but Saudi Arabia. But well, and so, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest, Josh, I wasn't. I, so when, when I hear, Sailed and this is me not doing research or, or not really reading a lot of the news lately. Was okay, so when I hear sail to the Saudis, I'm like, oh, there'll be a couple of couple of rich folks with um more money that they know what to deal with, and the wrestling fans they want to buy the company and they want to make money off of it. I don't, I didn't realize that it was the the, the this investment fund thing, and I didn't know their their. Their raison d'etre. I didn't know what they did. So if I was further educated on that, then perhaps my, my attitude might change a little bit on it. If if it's all about Saudi propaganda and I'm gonna get gender and 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 Musafa as my perpetual world champions just for the hell of it, um that might not be a and okay, so nothing against gender or, or Musafa Ali, I want to get that clear, but that that yeah that that might change my answer. Yeah, well, for the sake of education, I will send you that video, and uh, if we need to clarify your stance moving forward, we will. But hopefully, it doesn't. Please get do. To that point. Yeah. But so my next question then, moving away from Saudi Arabia, if a sale goes through to a media conglomerate that you do not have a subscription to, will you be purchasing said subscription? 
i.e. Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, etc. I can figure out how I want to say this, but I have ways of accessing content that don't require me to purchase a subscription. That being said, I'm an Amazon Prime member. I'm a Netflix subscriber. Um, well, that's the thing. Some I, of us already have this stuff. Yeah, right? There, there's a lot of the uh, existing member base for, for all of these platforms. Um, it, you know what? And as as much as I, I talk about, you know, IP stuff and all this, it, it's it's still not perfect. And I would like, like WrestleMania, like actually probably WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble, I'm going to order on, on well, we in Canada, we call them pay-per-views. Um, <laughs> I mean, just because I want, I want the experience. Of, I don't want, I don't want buffering. I don't want anything to cut out. I want to watch the whole show uninterrupted and in and, and perfection. I'm, I'm going to order them. Um, but you know, when it comes to like an ESPN or a change in platform, that that might be enough to to like to sway some people, right? Well, geez, I a Netflix Netflix subscription, um, but I want to watch this stuff instead. Oh, would I drop Netflix? Perhaps if if the rest of the ESPN offering was was enough, yeah, sure. Yeah, I w- I mean, I already have Disney Plus. I don't have ESPN Plus. Uh, I'm already an Amazon Prime member. I get Peacock through Comcast. Uh, I get HBO Max through AT and T, which is where my cell phone is. So, you know, I don't have Apple TV Plus. So if Apple were to buy them, I think Jared would cry. But, um, well, yeah, I mean, if Apple were to buy them, then I would continue uh, doing what I do with, with internet resources because I ain't giving Apple any money. <laughs> uh, mouse, yes. Apple, no. Um <laughs> Aside from all this sale talk, there's this black cloud that seems to be hanging over basically Triple H's head because Stephanie's already resigned. We don't know how long Triple H has until Vince just says, you know what, pal, I run the shows again. So if at any point, regardless of the sale status, Vince McMahon returns to creative in any capacity. Are you sticking it out with WWE? Probably not. Um, I think, like you said a minute ago, I would probably watch the the conclusion of the bloodline storyline. But if Vince is just going to walk in and rip up the script and it's going to be terrible booking and programming again, then, then what's the point? I was, you know, uh, up until six months ago, I was fast forwarding everything and, and picking out a couple people I wanted to watch. That's probably what I'll do. I'm, I'm not going to be watching full shows again. Yeah. I mean, to go backwards would be so absent minded, but this is a 77 year old man we're talking about. So absent minded might be his wheelhouse. Um, I just. <laughs> I, I so I, let me ask you a question, Josh. Yeah. So, so Vince is back. He's been back for for close to a week. What's what stopped them from taking it all over already? 
right? So I, 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 I could be wrong. Him I, saying that he doesn't want to, I'm like, he's fine with the people that are there. But part of those people was his daughter and she quit. So, and here's the thing. We had already speculated that Stephanie might've had to step down because she was not in favor of the sale and she did not want to vote her dad back as chairman. If this whole Saudi thing is true, was she forced to resign because she's a woman? We don't know what the circumstances are. It seemed like she was very happy doing her job. As you said, she's an excellent businesswoman. But she outright resigned. She did not go back to what she was doing before. She was in WWE public relations. She was handling charities. She was doing all this work. This is why she wasn't on TV as a character because she was so busy promoting the WWE outside of television. She quit everything. And in her own statement, which hadn't had this all had, I can't even talk. Had all of this other news not broken, I would have read her statement. But that was like 48 hours ago. <laughs> That's ancient news. Right? So she but, uh, said in her own statement that she will continue to cheer for WWE as a fan at home. She quit it all. So on on the flip side of that, though, I... <laughs> Are we potentially reading too much into to Stephanie though? Could it could it not be that she was at home at leave on leave with her kids because that's where she wanted to be, and then kind of got forced into action with when all the Vince bullshit happened, and she had to come back and in, in in order to kind of to perhaps save the company or at least save the McMahon face, and then now that Vince is back, she's like, ah, I can go back and be with my kids again. Is it is it that simple, or or do we have to, I don't know, or do we have to come up with the with the million storylines and then look for all the controversy and and uh, well, and, and, and big stuff here that you could say it's simple, but here's the thing: back then it was a leave of absence, a sabbatical, if you will, meaning that eventually she would come back. This was a full submission of a resignation. That means as a leave of absence, you still have a seat on the board of directors. When you resign, you don't have shit. That is different. Now, so to your, to the theory about, well, did she resign because it's a Saudi sale and she's a woman? Was she the only woman on the board of directors? No. She was the most powerful woman on the board of directors, but one of the people that Vince brought back that's a quote-unquote crony is a woman, and there was also an, an additional not, woman yeah. on the board. So you'll have to keep an eye out if those women resign or get let go. Then you can start being extra concerned. I, I don't claim to be a, um, a, a master business person here. And, you know, these are folks that have been doing this a lot longer. I have in it in a much more powerful levels than I have. And they're probably um, leagues 
smarter than I am, and I don't claim to understand all of this stuff, but holy shit, it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> and and like you said, when there's this much activity, there's 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 this many smoke signals, there's likely fire somewhere. Yeah. And if you want to throw a little more gasoline on the fire, and this will be the last talking point of the episode. Uh, as you saw before we came on the air, and as I saw before I came on the air, the sister publication to the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, reported today that AEW's Tony and Shad Khan are said to be interested in buying WWE. The article noted that the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund appears more likely to buy the company, but the Khan family, quote, is in the pool of potential buyers for WWE, end quote. The article posted noted that the idea is a long shot, and that AEW hasn't had any talks with WWE, but there's a quote that says, the cons are open to discussing a potential role for Vince McMahon after a sale, but haven't had those talks yet. It is unclear what type of job McMahon would want with WWE after a sale, but WWE is a much larger and more established organization than AEW. Could you imagine WWE being bought by AEW and you thought the war was over when Dynamite beat NXT? Who boy. Yeah, that, uh, of everything that we've talked about, um, so far tonight, Josh, that that was the thing that made me go holy shit in the most. And I think the way that I read the article was I think it said merger. Um, but if I mean ultimately, if we're talking, you know, the the cons who have seemingly limitless pockets, we're we're to <laughs> we're to buy WWE. It, is it just me or does this? Does this sound like, like there's like negative one hundred and twenty thousand percent chance of this happening? Like, would I, I? I maybe it's just money. I don't know, but I, but I almost think that you know, with with WWE the way they are, and they, they can't even say the letters of other organizations on <laughs> on their programming. Oh, AJ Styles has been around the world, you know, winning titles all over the place, and they can't say oh, you know New Japan well. or. They can now. That's one of the pluses since Vince has been gone is that we're allowed to acknowledge wrestling history. Michael Cole has said. Yeah, it still happens pretty rarely, though. Well, they still don't say impact. They say everybody else but impact. They don't say AEW, obviously, but everybody else is fair game. Oh yeah, like they they talk. They'll they'll mention. Sorry, I shouldn't have said New Japan, but they'll mention them because there's no direct. Um. There's no direct competition. There's no direct between the two. They're they're U.S., Japan, and and whatever. But yeah, but you're right. They don't mention Impact. They, they certainly don't mention AEW. Um, Impact is is probably minor leagues now compared to AEW. <clears throat> and I can't think that 
you know, if, if AEW and WWE got together, here's what I think would happen. WWE is the most, the most much larger uh, organization. Um, I think the deal would get structured. So as like, they, it's essentially WWE taking over. Uh, they'll gladly take the cons money and they'll, they'll pick the con, the, the talent on, on who they want. And out of AEW's what, 197,000 people on the roster, they'll cherry pick a few to get back and then everybody else is you're fired and then that's it and we just go back to the things the way we are AEW doesn't exist and that's it um i and i just can't i can't see that happening i just absolutely cannot see that happening um AEW's done too much in such a short period of time to just not and i just can't see wwe outright selling to AEW and then the, the flip side of that, so, so let's say it does happen, Josh. AEW buys WWE and inherits, you know, there are 100 people on the roster. Now what do they do with people? Shows <laughs> <laughs> seven days a week. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I, drafted to a roster and there are no crossovers. There is a Monday roster, a Tuesday roster, a Wednesday Jesus. roster, a Thursday roster, a Friday roster, and we'll combine the weekend to just make it a weekend roster. But never <laughs> yeah, the two or seven shall intertwine with each other. <laughs> because our roster if and when it actually happens, you know, my my jaw will go through the table and I'll go, okay, well, all right. But it, I I got to think there's no way this happens. There's just no. <laughs> What are the odds? No chance. That's what. Because <laughs> Vince would essentially have to admit defeat. Exactly. Yeah. So odds of that are like a thousand to one. If you were a betting person. Oh, it's... Probably higher than that. I was going to say add a few more zeros onto that. I think Josh. <laughs> one million to one. <laughs> So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> All right. Well, I was I, I refreshed my wrestling news feed and nothing else has happened. Thank God. So we're going to close the episode here. Wait Next. one sec. Wait one oh, sec. Sure. I, I want to just really quickly mention something on the air. I want to get it. I want to get it out in the open. The Royal Rumble poster. Ah, Yes. So I had brought this to your attention back when it was extreme rules. They had those posters of the matchups and the official poster and everything. And we had the hints of Bray Wyatt things in the background. And there were little fireflies and lanterns and they were all clues and what happened at the end of Extreme Rules? Jeez, somebody returned. Some some little uh, white rabbit returned. And we got the return of Bray Wyatt. Now, for the Royal Rumble, all the, mo all the posters and all the match card previews all have blue lightning bolts in the background and Royal Rumble's not really akin to weather references. 
But there is a former SmackDown superstar who just happens to be the most electrifying man in sports entertainment and has also been rumored to be back at the Royal Rumble. Hmm. I I don't even think he needs to be in the Rumble. Let you know, let Cody win the Rumble. Let him come on and take one of the nights at WrestleMania. Take one of the belts against Roman if that's what they're going to do and split the titles. But at the end of the night, when it's Roman standing there over the, the body of Kevin Owens and the bloodline is in the ring celebrating, all you have to do is hear, F you smell, and then The Rock comes out on the stage, and that's it, stare down, and that's going to be the most nuclear thing that's happened in a decade. Yeah. What sale? There you go. Boom. Match. <laughs> what sale? What news? What, who's Vince? This would trump all of that. <laughs> uh, and we've said it before. I've said it before. You even have Roman cut the same promo he cuts every now and again after uh, one of the big four premium live events. He says, I done smashed them all. There's nobody left. I've beaten people on... I beat Kevin two years, three years ago. I beat him again. I've beat people and they've left this company. You know, then you get to the, if you smile. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really hope if that happens, well, I, I think we're all assuming until we hear a hard no from the rock camp, because of scheduling or whatever, that it can't happen. I think we're all assuming that it's going to happen, that WrestleMania is going to happen. Well, I mean, that's the thing. There were reports as far back as last year saying that The Rock has purposely cleared his schedule January through April of 2023. WrestleMania is in Hollywood for crying out loud. Yep. And everybody keeps, oh, if his schedule allows, if his schedule allows... You know what it takes to make your schedule allow? You tell people no. <laughs> oh, we're a movie franchise. And oh, Rock, would you be able to? No. Call me in May. It's really that simple. Yep. Are you interested? No. When does it start? Oh, March 10th. No. <laughs> but I... I guess where I was going to go with that is if this does happen, and it sounds like it's going to, but if it does, I really hope they dig into the the family aspect of this. And the whole whole tribal chief thing is essentially a a different take on on a mob boss, right? He's got Romans running running the family. He's got his cronies that go do things for him, and they take care of all the little things. Well, you know, the the boss takes care of the big business. But, you know, they had all the nice touches with bringing in in Solo. You had your theory about um, having Ava Rain get involved, you know, The Rock's daughter, and and tightening it up that way. Romans brought out, you know, the the actual, uh, you know, family elders um, in, in support of him as a tribal chief, like dig into that family bit as much as you can. Cause after, cause after this is over, then, then the downfall starts. 
right? So let's get as most out of this as we can and make it as awesome as we can. And I think with just you know, the rock being, um, well, I mean, I guess it's family by marriage, but with, you know, with all that history that all those families have, like, let's just make it friggin' epic. I think it's going to be so good. Could you imagine a family beatdown of the rock? It looked like, like oh. Alpha and Sika beat the rock up. While the Usos are holding him down. Not even Roman. Roman won't sully his hands until he has to, but like Afa and Sika beat the shit out of the rock. <laughs> Give me the damn pencil. Yeah. I so mean, good. You have, you have to. It's all it's all based in storyline with the family anyway. That's the whole reason we want the rock as the opponent, because he is flipping family. The only thing that irritates me is when I hear announcers refer to Solo Sokoa. Oh, the cousin. No, man, he's the third Uso brother. Yeah. He's Roman's cousin. That's it. But anyway, I digress. We could talk about the bloodline for hours. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into more of that when we have our Royal Rumble preview and predictions episode in a couple of weeks. Next episode. <laughs> is an episode that I had planned back in December, I promise. But based on recent happenings, it could either change in the next seven days or we might have a different twist on what we think. But we were supposed to, and we will, analyze and discuss the first six months of the Triple H reign since being in charge of creative. Hopefully he still has that job in seven days, and further into the future. But that is the plan as of right now, barring any news volcanoes, if you will. Uh, as long as we can avoid the flowing <laughs> magma, we will discuss Triple H's reign. What's been good, what's been bad, what still has the Vince stank on it, and what else we anticipate moving forward. So any... Final, final thoughts, Jared. Oh, no, other than let's just, you know, buckle in, buckle up, Josh, because, you know, like you said, 2023, you said, hold my beer. How many beers has it asked to hold? Like, how, how much How much more is going to happen? So, yeah, just hang on for the ride. And when it happens, we'll be here to dissect it. Yeah, as we're speaking now, we are 51 minutes away from the 13th day of the year. So God only knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> today ended with a reported AEW merger discussion with WWE. That's I mean, how else do you end a day, I guess, weirdly. Um, so, yeah, uh, we signed off last week. Shit hit the fan. So God only knows what's going to happen when we sign off today. But until then, thank you once again for listening, downloading, and subscribing. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can subscribe to the Wrestling Brethren Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast fix to hear the latest discussion from the Wrestling Brethren. You can visit us at TWBpodcast.com for posts and episodes. Visit the mothership, if you will, at BehindTheSquaredCircle.com, home of the Behind the Squared Circle podcast network. 
Let us know your thoughts, questions, and comments on Twitter at TWBP Show, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Behind the Squared Circle, and on Instagram at The Wrestling Brethren. You can follow Jared on Twitter at The Bacon Rev. You can follow Seth at Lord Zandrax. And you can follow Josh at Southpaw Josh. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon with more from the Wrestling Brotherhood.